When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy! Hello and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Sarah Foss. And I'm joined by a very pumped up, buzzy Cohen. You really were building the hype as I did that intro. We're here. It's Monday morning somewhere, and we are just trying to get people through this week. Yes. Let's be honest. Fourth of July is tomorrow, but we are doing this pod a few days early because we've got some celebrating to do. Where are you headed for the fourth, Buzz? Buzz? I don't know if you remember this, but I celebrate Fourth of July out in the desert in Palm Springs where it is swelteringly hot. But we do that because there is <laughs> no fireworks <laughs> no and the fireworks dogs. and the dogs. So I have a very okay. sensitive dog who does not like the fireworks. Uh, anyone who lives in the L.A. area knows that the fireworks start around mid-May. Uh, so she's been suffering, but we go out to the desert because there's no fireworks. Well, How that is going to be fun. Michigan. Ooh. Yeah, a little, a little Midwest lake life. Yes, going Super back to your excited. roots. Yes, well, not really my roots. Not your roots, but I, my I local always, news your days local in news Michigan. days, exactly, yes. Upper Michigan, is that yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, going back there, uh, my best friend and her husband and their two kids live there, so we're doing some lake life, and That'll I can't wait. That would be gorgeous. That sounds very American. Like I'm imagining like Don Draper and the kids going out to the lake and like yeah. drinking some beers out of the icebox. Bomb pops. Playing Pinochle. Oh, a pinochle. Well, a little cornhole, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Sounds Close fun. enough. Close enough. But alas, we want to bring the <laughs> podcast to our listeners every week. So we recorded this a few days early, but now they're listening to it on Monday, July 3rd. Happy early 4th of July. Hope that everyone is enjoying some great summer plans. And if for some reason you're not listening to this the moment it comes out, happy 4th of July, happy late 4th of July. It's yeah. all good. Happy summer. Happy, yeah. We are just, just loving. Just be happy. Don't worry. Loving summer. You know, just a week ago, here we were on the pod talking about Pat Sajak yes. stepping down after his 41st season. Who will take the reins? Who could ever replace him? You will grab the wheel, if you will. Oh, grab the wheel. <laughs> take it for a spin. Turns out, the decision has been made. I love it. Ryan Seacrest. Yes, congratulations. An early front runner. A lot of people had been talking about him, yep. and obviously he is now officially the host. He released a really nice statement just saying how humbled he was yeah. to be stepping into the footsteps of the legendary Pat Sajak. I think, you know, he talked about watching it for years, you know, an unprecedented 40 years watching yeah. Pat and Vanna together. And now it will, of course, be. Ryan and Vanna. I think it's a great combination. Yeah, uh, my friend Louis Vertel, um, who many people on the pod may know from his podcast, Keep It, or possibly from his Jeopardy appearance. Mm, we know him from that. <laughs> yeah. And he was on the game show show. He was on the game show show. That's <laughs> right. I enjoyed him describing Ryan as a consonant professional. Oh, perfect. A little wordplay for I you on it. Monday morning. And Pat Sajak tweeted as well. I'm looking forward to my final season starting this fall and then handing over the car keys to Ryan Seacrest in September of 2024. 
I love that this is going to be, you know, as seamless of a transition as one can have. Yes. Other shows may have done it a bit differently. Yeah. I think uh, I think Wheels onto something. Yeah. Seacrest in. That's what that was my line. <laughs> I actually texted that to Jimmy McGuire when the announcement came in. I said, "Hey, Jimmy, Seacrest." In. And Jimmy's going to get to work closely he with will, him. He will, as the stage ha- manager of both Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. He'll be side by side. You know, we've got a while. We've got a whole season before that happens. But we should, I would be interested to hear from old Jimmy McGuire on what it's like to, you know, now he's worked with a ton of different right. people hosting. And what's that like? And how do you navigate different personalities, different styles? Everyone's allowed to have their own style. And, uh, you know, Jimmy is a... Jimmy's a thoughtful guy when it comes to that, so it'll be interesting to hear his insight. We might not be able to share it on Inside Jeopardy, but I'm just curious for myself. And you're able to hear from Jimmy and his insight in this recent episode of This Is Jeopardy, that Buzzy. That is right. We did a whole episode on the Clue Crew. I know, you know, for Inside Jeopardy insiders uh, who listen to the <laughs> podcast so much, we love you. Uh, you heard my two-part interview with my co-host Sarah and Jimmy uh, earlier this season, but this was more about, you know, we talked to people who were part of the show then. We talked to Harry Friedman, who this was kind of his idea. Yes. Um, we, we do hear your stories in a slightly different way, but also kind of about how it all came about. Um, so for those of you who are not yet listening to This is Jeopardy, just another reason you get to hear Sarah and Jimmy. Another China. reason. It was a fun trip down memory lane because they needed some, you know, some supporting materials. Yes. So Jimmy and I whipped out our audition videos. Yes. So you're going to hear clips from those. And you've heard the famous, you know, Jimmy Shark story, how he was in the tank with the giant shark and he didn't want to do it. Well, we actually found the behind the scenes footage yep. of when the moment happened when he was like, uh, Woody, can you do this one? Like, I'm not doing this one. <laughs> and I went on to do the shark clue. So it was really fun for me to kind of relive some of those memories from so many years ago, pulling out that old footage and just thinking, boy, we were kids. We were little kids. Yeah, we should see the if the social team will, uh, we should see if the social team will post Maybe little clips of that. Oh, yeah. That could uh, be good. I'll send someone an email that will not be read because, <laughs> no, you know, who am I? But anyway, you bring up something that's so great. Obviously, we know so much about the show Jeopardy, but one of the really great things about this podcast is, as you're saying, getting to hear these moments happening again. Even just for me, getting to hear the promo of Alex and Johnny Gilbert yes. saying like, we're looking for people to join yeah, a team. Like, hey. you know, that's like the promo that I heard that got me to audition for the show and just thinking, like getting to kind of be back in that moment of thinking about you and Jimmy sitting at home or, you know, you talk about where you heard about it, but you know, Jimmy sitting in the hotel room, seeing that promo and getting to hear the actual promo. So fun. It was fun. Take a listen. Check it out. You're wherever you get your it. podcasts. You know, I came across something on Reddit that really made me smile the other day. Someone was talking about how much joy they find when a contestant rings in and has some sort of personal Mm. connection to a clue. Uh, They referenced a recent clue on Celebrity where Patton Oswalt rang in and said, what is William and Mary? Because that is, of course, the college that he went to. And he was like, take that, Mayim. But it does happen over time. Did you have any instances of that coming in where you were able to ring in or not able to ring in during your run on something that was personal? Yeah, there was one um, in my initial run. It was a question and it was basically asking for the Leeward Islands. And I had told Alex actually that I had worked on some sailboats in the Caribbean. And so I was very familiar with the Leeward Islands. So I called it my slumdog millionaire moment. Oh, see, I love that. And people often when those moments happen, they think, oh my goodness, quiz show scandals, this is rigged. 
But it really is an extraordinary coincidence when something like that happens because we prepare six games for every tape day. Yeah. Only five will be played. They're picked at random. You also don't know who's going to be playing in which game. We don't know who's playing. The contestant department is completely separate from the writing. Our member of standards and practices actually selects the five games and the random order in with which they will be played. Yes. Then you have the contestants selected randomly on another pool. So when those, you know, circumstances occur, it really is quite something. I remember back yeah. in the early Clue Crew days, uh, let's see. I've got the stats here. It was actually December 10th, 2001. Wow. Right there, right when Right the Clue in the crew. beginning, the first six months of my uh, yes. Jeopardy journey. So let me set the scene for you, Buzzy. <laughs> I'm at the Orange County Fair I'm standing in front of a Ferris wheel. I've got a brightly colored outfit. You know, we wore really bright colors in the early days. Yes, I remember that. Turquoise, hot pink, you name it. I'm dressed. I look like a lollipop or maybe some cotton candy at the fair. (laughs) And I present the following clue in a stupid answers category. Last name of the engineer who built the first Ferris wheel. Our champion, Bill O'Donnell, rings in and he says... Who is my grandfather, George Ferris? I nearly fell out of my chair. I couldn't believe it. People are going to think the Clue Crew is collaborating with contestants. But no, it just happens sometimes. That's incredible. Still one of my favorite stories. And I did love that afterwards Alex said, it's not just a stupid answer. It's a stupid answer within the family. And that's great. Right. See, those are the kind of quips that Alex could come up with right in the moment. So anyway, Bill O'Donnell went on to win that game as well. Two-day champion, all thanks to his grandfather. Actually, his great-grandfather. Alex even corrected him <laughs> in the moment because he was like, really, it's just your grandfather? Like, I think you look a little young, Bill. And he said, oh, my great-grandfather. So all thanks to that, Bill goes on to be a two-day champion in Jeopardy! history. We have some fun news for our listeners. We wanted to do something a little special here on the pod during our upcoming summer reruns and as we wrap up the end of season 39 hard to believe we're wrapping up another season but we thought it would be great to catch up with some of our recent jeopardy grades so over the next eight weeks you will get to hear from our primetime jeopardy masters those season 39 toc competitors sam butchery amy schneider andrew he madame modio and matea roach plus we'll also be checking in with season 39 standouts chris panulo Ray Lalonde and Ben Chan. It's going to be fun. Stay tuned for those interviews. They're starting next week. Cannot wait to catch up with our masters and maybe some future masters, at least some TOC competitors. Should be interesting to hear what's been going on since they've been on the show. Yeah. What's life like after Sitting masters? Sitting there in limbo. Or for those season yeah. 39 folks just waiting for that TOC, watching the field build. Yes. What's it feel like? What are they doing to prepare? We're going to ask all the questions. Yes. Speaking of questions, we know there are a lot of questions circling about season 40. You know, people want to know the impact of the writer's strike, possible new formats, our our structure for the postseason tournaments. Well, we're still finalizing all of our plans, but executive producer Michael Davies and I will be sharing all the details with you on the pod in the coming weeks. It's why we have this podcast. We want to give the news to our listeners, to our Jeopardy fans, as soon as we have news to share. So stay tuned for that. But right now, we've got highlights from last week's games. Let's do it. Cue the beep boops. We hear from so many interesting people on this podcast about their love for learning. What if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? 
you can with Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best for just $10 a month. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. Confidently navigate the media with the influential, intellectual Noam Chomsky. Use science to solve your problems with Bill Nye. Or learn from the past with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. I personally enjoy James Clear's class that is helping me build smarter habits to help tackle daily challenges. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com jeopardy. That's 15% off at masterclass.com jeopardy. Masterclass.com jeopardy. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. We kicked off the week with returning champion Donna Matori going for her second win up against Ryan Clary and Caroline Gulick. Caroline took an early lead in the Jeopardy round with 12 correct responses and the Daily Double, but both Donna and Ryan turned it up in double Jeopardy. Splitting the daily doubles, heading into final with five-digit scores with Donna in the lead. Both came up with the correct response. It was Donna, though, who earned a second win. Yeah, very interesting wagering here from Ryan and Donna. I think I've put it together that Donna was basically betting so that if she got it wrong, she could still beat Caroline doubling up Mm -hmm. if she got it right. But her wager didn't cover Ryan betting everything. So there's a lot of interesting kind of game theory that we're starting to see um, trickle into these final Jeopardy wagers. But Donna, congratulations. Big win. Congratulations on that second win. And Ryan Clary, a cheesemonger from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I couldn't love him more. Yeah. I love cheese. I wanted the interview to go on so much longer because I wanted <laughs> to know more about a day in the life of a cheesemonger. But we did get to hear that things he does in his job include, you know, selling artisan cheese, serving it, knowing how to prepare it, knowing the good mold from the bad mold. Mm. He even earned a scholarship to France to That's learn incredible. about cheese. I think I we should it. have Ryan come back and present a category on cheese. Hmm. Good idea, but only if there are samples. Only if there are samples, yeah. Or if not, Ryan, maybe this is a good. Maybe we can find out who Ryan is the protege of and find the cheese master to present around on cheese for the next Masters tournament. The master to the monger. The master monger. Ah, I like it. Okay. Well, as you know, during the commercial breaks, either of our hosts, Mayim or Ken, whoever's hosting that day, does answer questions from our audience. And on this particular day, it was April 14th, day after Passover. People were like, Mayim, what is your favorite meal to break Passover with? She says pizza. Interesting. Buzzy, what's your favorite? You know, it's funny because in my day-to-day life, as you may or may not know, I'm not a 
big, huge bread eater. You're not eater. a big carb guy. Yeah, I'm not a big carb guy. And when no. I do have carbs, I usually have rice, which um, in the Sephardic tradition, which my wife is half Sephardic, uh, rice is okay for Passover, okay. whereas the Ashkenazic, it is not okay. It's kind of a long, convoluted history. So I don't feel like a big, I need to break Passover thing, but pizza sounds great any day of the week. Um, you know, maybe going to the deli for something with some rye bread as like a little treat. But Passover is kind of business as usual for me. All right. Well, I love a good pizza. You lo- Who doesn't? I mean, I love a good pizza. We do pizza popcorn movie night on Friday. Yeah. So. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Do you make your own pizzas or do you order in? Well, we order in, but the kids just last week were like, hey, mom, dad, can we make pizza? And yeah. Chris and I thought... You know, we have a pizza stone that was a wedding gift 11 years ago. We should break that thing out. Can I give you a pro tip here? Absolutely. Go to Italy and buy the dough. Buy their dough. Buy their dough. And then you just roll it out and throw it on your, yeah. On your pizza stone. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So save yourself some time. Maybe, you know, coming off of the 4th of July fun, maybe it's going to be a pizza popcorn movie night. But moving on to Tuesday, Donna returning to face Aaron Gold and Chris Ban. Donna and Aaron were neck and neck after the Jeopardy round, while Chris trailed with negative 600. But Chris found his stride in double Jeopardy with the help of a daily double, and all three of our players went into final within $800 of each other. We love to see it. Chris was the only one to come up with the correct response, topping off a great come-from-behind win over our two-game champion, Donna. Well, I did not specifically have not watched this show because I was told by podcast producer Carlos that you wanted to quiz me on a particular category. Well, yes, I did. Because (laughs) it reminded me so much of you when I saw it. The category... Just like you, Buzzy, it came from New Jersey. Uh, Like so many of the greatest things. Are we ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, for $200. Yes. Category, it came from New Jersey. We rule that Samuel Alito and Antonin Scalia came from this state capital. What is Trent in New Jersey? You're correct. $200 for you. And now, uh, would you like to stick with this category? Yes, please, uh, right. for 400 All right. Songs in this Broadway show include Walk Like a Man and Big Girls Don't Cry. What is Jersey Boys? That is correct. Way back when, when we did a tournament at Radio City Music Hall, the Jersey Boys came out and presented a clue live Whoa, on the stage. That is so cool. And they couldn't make it to the rehearsal, so the clue crew had to be the stand-in <laughs> Jersey Boys. <laughs> That's about the closest uh, I came to singing those songs, but I sure enjoyed it. All right, $600? $600, please. Stay in the category. An origin story of this candy involves the sweets in an Atlantic City shop being flooded by the ocean. What is saltwater taffy? That is correct. Love a good saltwater taffy. Yeah. For $800. For $800, please. Yes, okay. It was actually a trio of brothers who founded this New Brunswick-based healthcare company in 1886, but it goes by this and this. What is Johnson & Johnson? Can he sweep the category? Finish up the category, please. James Madison attended the College of New Jersey. Jeff Bezos went to the same school by then called this. What is Rutgers University? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Princeton? Yeah. Ah, son of a biscuit. Oh, I got a little cocky there in New Jersey, but that was fun. Yeah. Well, in this category, someone who did pretty well was Chris, our champion, and he actually pointed up to the sky when he did win. He had talked about earlier in the show losing his brother to cancer Mm. um, last year. Apparently, his brother was a great rower, and his high school is building a new boathouse. So Chris is hoping to use his winnings to help build that and Mm. name it after 
his brother. Really sweet. He said, you know, I came out here hoping for the warm California weather. Remember, this was taped back in April. We didn't get a sunny day till June 21st. He said, I didn't get that. Was hoping to score some points in the first half. Didn't get that. Remember, <laughs> he was in the negative. Yeah. But this was great. And he added that Donna and Caroline were fantastic competitors. Well, Chris returned on Wednesday to face Vic Goyle and Brian White. Brian dominated both rounds with a combined 26 correct responses and a $3,000 daily double cruising into an impressive runaway win. Final score of $20,130. Great start. Great game. Uh, 15 correct responses and 11 correct responses in the double jeopardy round. Really strong numbers for a first outing. I wish I could say that I remembered more about Brian's gameplay, but really all <laughs> I can think about is him revealing that he won a hairy chess contest once on a cruise. He said, look, for Jeopardy contestants, it's not all time spent on the ivory tower. Sometimes we got to shake what our mother gives us. <laughs> I don't think Maya knew what to say, and so she just responded, I have nothing else to say to you, yeah. Brian. Yeah. And then even in the end, in the post-game chat, you know, he said he's blown away by his win. It's such a rush. There's all the colors. I'm talking about my hairy chest with my Bialik on TV. I'm blown away to be here. I want to know how Brian felt watching back himself telling Mayim about his hairy chest. Yes, because these interview questions, it's not like we come up with them. You no. know, our contestants do supply various fun little stories that we can share. And, and if so, I remember correctly, like the contestant team checks in and it's like, are you cool absolutely. with talking about all this? And as do our hosts. You know, yeah. Maya will check in with each of the contestants. Okay, we're we're talking about your hairy chest, oh, Brian. Oh, interesting. You know, just making sure that she's going to set it up correctly. Alex didn't used to do no, that. I no, I was going to say you would get Alex blindsided. Alex had his three to four facts on his card and there was no chance he was going to go over it with you. Like no. he wanted to catch you. As you know, the, so the way the, it, the way it would work, I remember it was the the contestant team would highlight the one that they thought was yes. the best. <laughs> That's and, still done. But then Alex would just talk about whatever he thought was interesting. Oh yes, he would be like, "Oh, you highlighted that one. I think I'll go with number yeah. two. Yeah. So sometimes you'd be ready for something, and something else would come. I also heard that sometimes he would he would have the cards out of order. Yes. And if that happened, you were supposed to say. That's right, Alex. And then oh, it happened. And then you would I like they would go. Happened. They'd let him keep They'd going get so they could all edit. the way through the interviews, and then we would stop, and the person would be like, "I'm sorry, I didn't actually travel to the Taj Mahal." And then we would redo it. Later. Exactly. But yeah. yes, it was fun to see. You didn't know in the moment because I right. didn't have access to the contestant cards, so I didn't know that they weren't telling the real story. But then when you would look back, you're like, "Wow, that was really impressive." And Alex was often impressed. He's like, yeah. "You fooled me. Yeah, exactly. I thought you had gone there." So that was fun. Well, Brian and his hairy chest head into <laughs> Thursday. He's going up against Alicia Corman and Tanisa Santiago. The Jeopardy round was evenly matched, but Brian went on another tear in double Jeopardy with 11 correct responses. Alicia and Tanisa split the daily doubles, but they were both incorrect, allowing Brian to head into final with a second runaway win in a row. All I think about this game is the fashion. Oh, my God. I'm here yes. for it. Finally. Brian, we're I back. Mean, He's got uh -huh. a beautiful collared shirt, a nice tie, a lovely sweater. Uh, Alicia he's, wearing, he's wearing a sweater under and over that shirt, apparently. That's a Harry Chess <laughs> reference. Come on, guys. <laughs> that was so good. That was, I'm looking at the picture. I'm going, boy, two sweaters. Really? I don't see it. I see it now, buddy. I see it now. <laughs> and then let's talk about Alicia's oh my sweater. Because God. it is very cool. I kind of felt like I was back in the Max. 
Oh, Saved by the Bell. (laughs) That is totally the background of the Max. I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. And then Tanisa is wearing a bob pin that was given to her by her children for a backpacking trip. And apparently Bob's name is based on the nicknames of her three children combined. But also, I just want to say I love this kind of not quite a jewel tone green like but not an olive sort of somewhere in between with the blazer over it really nice and also kind of like works well with the hair color yeah and it coordinates perfectly with the bob pin so just fashion out of the park 10 out of 10 no notes we love it all we love it all. <laughs> and we're heading into Friday, closing out the week with Brian going for his third win up against Courtney Johnston and Elena DeToro. It was a low-scoring game throughout both the Jeopardy and the Double Jeopardy rounds. Brian was able to form a small lead heading into final, but it was still anyone's game. From second place, Elena was the only one to come up with the correct response in final. What is Japan? Earning her the come-from-behind win over two-day champion and hairy chest champion. Brian White. Another fun fashion day. Brian back in the suit and tie, yes. kind of trying to bring some formality to the uh, Jeopardy stage here. I'm just loving what people are bringing. Super, super fun game. And I love a come from behind win. Let's cue some more beep boops. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? <laughs> some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Here are our viewer questions for this week. Ryan asks, I have a question about the ultimate tournament of champions. Is there any chance in the future, soon or far, that it may return? Or is the Jeopardy Masters, which was amazing, by the way, basically the new ultimate tournament of champions? I also have another question. Ryan, really coming at us back-to-back questions. I know, back-to-back questions. Do you have any plans to put the beep-boop sounds when the Jeopardy board displays in season 40 or maybe a new think track? Let me get back to Ryan's first question about the ultimate tournament of champions. That was unlike anything we had ever done before. We obviously just had this the system of bringing back people over time from all the different decades, and we got to the, the final best three of all time with that competition. I do think now our competition has evolved because of the way we're formatting the season. We have mm-hmm. this postseason that leads us to this TOC. Of course, now we're introducing the JIT, the Jeopardy Invitational Tournament, which is like a component of Ultimate Tournament of Champions, right? right. We're going to be bringing back some of those greats, classic greats, more recent greats that aren't a part of the existing Masters field. And then we've got Masters. So I think I would like to believe, Ryan, you said that you thought Masters was amazing, which we love, that we are just building almost a better Ultimate Tournament of Champions. The only difference now is you're not going to wait decades. Right. To it used see to be these every types, like five years. Yeah, to, get to see one of these types of competitions. You know, every year you're getting a TOC, you're getting a Jeopardy Invitational Tournament, and you are getting Masters. So yeah. you're getting that high level play year in and year out. And what's going to be so exciting is to see how the best of the best evolve. Yes. Can James stay at the top? Can he be beaten? 
who will beat him and then who will beat them and it's just a yeah. really exciting time in the show so i think the ultimate toc the utoc yeah and there was a million dollar masters battle, yeah, of, the battle decades, of the decades all stars that we don't love talking about a lot of special tournaments that used to be like you said every five years every 10 years uh now there's a little more of a rhythm to it and also like as a contestant Obviously, the JIT kind of has a little bit of that, like, I don't know if I'll be in the JIT unless you drop down from Masters. But, um, you know, I know a lot of players would be kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to be in the next, you know, I was in Battle of the Decades. I don't know if I'm going to be in the next, you know, whatever, it was, the All-Stars or whatever it was. So Yeah, we'll keep everyone posted. I do also love, uh, we've been seeing a lot of suggestions on our JIT list. Yes, I said the JIT list, not the list. <laughs> And that's fun. I really have enjoyed getting other people's suggestions. We, of course, have our own list going, and uh, that will be unveiled. I want to give a list. I want to give a suggestion. All right. You know, add, add to the list, Buzzy. Add all to right. the list. The second question that Ryan asked about any plans to put the beep boop sounds back in the Jeopardy board when season 40 debuts, we really feel we found the perfect place for the beep boops, and that is in the open of Masters. Yeah. Masters just being this culmination of Jeopardy, the best of the best. And so the beep boops just feel like a really wonderful placement there. I don't think they're going to find their way into the syndicated show on a day-in and day-out basis, but you never know. And as for a new Think track, nothing is planned right now. We really just love the Think music as it is well jenna asks when ken and mayim are reading clues do they ever mess up and have to start over do they ever flub them so much that the question has to be replaced because the contestants have already seen it no our hosts are perfect they never make yep. any mistakes and that's it no of course they make mistakes we are human they are human basically we tell our contestants to go off the game board so no matter what the host says knowing that the clue copy is almost always should be totally correct our contestants are asked to go off of that material so if the host says something slightly different the contestant should go based on what the clue reads and come up with their response based on that now there are technical issues that come up sometimes that mm -hmm. cause us to have to replace a clue but it's really not based on a host mess up it's based on a video clue popping up and the video yeah. doesn't play or a video clue that's supposed to pop up and right. you see the text of the clue, but you don't see the video to support it. So right. those are the situations where we need to replace it all together. And in terms of the pickups, as we call them, in between rounds, you know, I'll say to either of our hosts, hey, we need to redo, you know, authors for 200. You accidentally said Martin and it was actually Matthew. Right. Not that they would do that. Well, I think the one exception would be if, for some reason, a host said something that was part of the response. Yes, accidentally yeah. in yes. the clue. So I did that once when I was guest hosting. We threw out the clue, stop tape, put a new clue in there. Yes, and that did happen to Alex occasionally as well. And he would That's what they said to me, frustrated. but I think they were just trying to make me no, feel no, better. No, it really <laughs> did happen. Once in a great while, it would happen to Alex, and he would laugh, and it would give us one of those, like, genuine, you know, Alex out-of-character moments right. where he wasn't the consummate professional. But things happen, even in a show like Jeopardy. We run a pretty tight ship, but things do happen, and great questions, Jenna. That wraps up today's show. Happy Independence Day. Join us next week for more gameplay discussion and our special conversation with Jeopardy master Sam Buttry. Oh, yeah. Bring it. He's our first interview of this <laughs> summer, and you are not going to want to miss it. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, and follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on TikTok. And send us your questions to InsideJeopardyPodcast at gmail.com. 
We'll see you next week. Have a good one.